Good morning. We'd like to thank you for your presence this morning. Got a bigger crowd than I was expecting with the elements the way they are, and I appreciate those who are joining by Zoom this morning also, and I hope I can present something to you this morning that will be beneficial to the flock. I appreciate the prayer on my behalf. I appreciate the fact that I've got a responsibility, hopefully, to bring something to you that will strengthen you, that will help you in your walks, and that is my aim this morning. You know, in our lives, as we grow up in our homes, some of us have both parents, some of us don't. Some of us have different situations, but no matter what situation we're in, at some point or another in our lives, when we were growing up, we had a dependency on someone Someone who is helping guide us. Someone who is helping us along our way, hopefully in a positive, upright way as far as abiding by laws. In most cases, hopefully some cases, and certainly not in all cases, but spiritually too, that we had a dependency. You know, if that was your parents, hopefully that's the way it was. If that was an individual who came into your life, that's great too. But we had a dependency that we had on somebody else. Now, as parents, and there's a lot of references to this in the scriptures, as parents, we want to make a safe environment for our children. And the responsibility of Christian parents as we bring a, a life into this, into this world is immediate, at least it was with me, that I have responsibility for that child's soul to help develop them so that they can make good choices to serve the Lord. But all of us have a tendency... And when I say all of us, I understand that's a shotgun approach that I'm going to say, well, some of you are going to say, well, it wasn't me. But we have a tendency to say, I want my own independence. I don't need somebody to tell me what to do. How many times when you're growing up did you tell your parents, or maybe not out loud, but you thought in your mind, I don't need them to tell me what to do. I don't need to tell me to tell what I can, who I can hang around with, what movies I can go see, what time I have to be in. And the big one, I think, growing up, sometimes as kids get a little bit older, maybe junior high age, it's like, why do I have to go to bed at 8.30? Why do I have to go to bed at 9? Why is there a bedtime? Why are you putting all these constraints on me? And what do we do as individuals, as, as strong-willed individuals sometimes? I'll put myself in that category. We rebel in some form or fashion, or we say, we want that independence. We want to get independent. Hopefully, as we go through the lesson this morning, and hopefully, whatever age you're at sitting in the audience today, that you will kind of reevaluate maybe yourself where you're at. And even at my age, I still feel like I want the independence. I can do this on my own. I don't need somebody else to help me. And understand that we need a guide in our life. Following your shepherds. And as we go through this, I've done several lessons that have to do with our servant, uh, how we should serve others, how we should be servants for others, how we need to submit. And there's going to be some of that certainly contained in this lesson this morning. And I will have a disclaimer. I didn't have an elder put me up to talking on this subject this morning. But sometimes I think I know I take for granted the things that we have. I certainly did with my parents. You know, the, it's like sometimes we look as children in a home and say, my parents just keep getting in my way. They just don't want me to be happy. They just don't want me to do the things I want to do. They want to control me. 
instead of seeing the other side of it as you get a little bit older and understand your parents were just trying to take care of you and do the best they can. And kids, if you could really examine, if you're listening out there today, and could kind of look at your parents at whatever age you're at and say, they're trying to do the best they can to make me the best person I can possibly be. And as we look at our spiritual lives, obviously this morning it's important for us to understand who we need to serve and that dependency we should always have. We should never become independent of ourselves when it comes to taking care of our spiritual lives. And I don't want to lessen the ability that we have one toward another, brothers and sisters in Christ, but I do want to talk this morning at some point specifically about the leadership and the shepherds that we should follow. I appreciate Mark leading that song, The Lord My Shepherd Is. It's one that, to me, is very poetic, the way it's written, obviously founded in Psalms chapter 23. But the fact that I shall be well supplied... He is mine and I am his. Do we allow that ownership? What can I want beside? And sometimes I want more. I want more. We want more, more, more in this life. What else can I do? Instead of saying, I've got what I need, he's supplying all of my needs. He leads me to a place where heavenly pastures grows, where living waters gently pass, and full salvation flows. So many examples of the children of Israel after they were released from bondage in Egypt of how they rebelled and said, man, I wish we were back in bondage again. It was a lot better than what I'm doing now. And we say, how could they be that way? But sometimes the way I approach leadership, perhaps, and my shepherds that are trying to guide me, maybe I don't allow them to steer me the way I need to. Maybe I'm just like those Egyptians during that time. If e'er I go astray, he doth my soul reclaim and guides me in his own right, right way. For his most holy name. So that dependence that we have on our shepherds, we need to make sure that we keep that throughout our, throughout our lives that we live on this earth. You know, the passage, obviously, Psalms chapter 23, when you talk about following your shepherds, the first two verses specifically, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in cream pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Peacefulness, calmness, serenity all those things come to mind and you say well you know that's not my life that's not what i have well maybe it's because we're not allowing the dependency that we should have on jesus his word the holy spirit that is left behind to comfort us and then each other that we should lean upon and specifically maybe the eldership of our congregation i think of this scene right here i don't know all of you have seen there's different pictures and portrayals and And out of the images that I looked at, this one really suited kind of my thoughts about when I follow my shepherd Jesus and when I think of Psalms chapter 1 that he leads me beside the still waters. First of all, you look at this picture and there's a single sheep. And that may seem a little selfish, but the scriptures do tell us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And I don't want to step aside that and feel like somebody else is in charge of my salvation. But when I think about the serenity, I think of Jesus is right there with me beside that still water, leading me. But he's leading you and he's leading all of us in those paths too so that we can have the scene and that serenity and that calmness that we want if we truly don't try to stand up and say, I want my independence. I want to do it my way. 
I've got everything that I need in order to make that happen. It's interesting to note, I think, in Psalms chapter 23, verse 1, and I've read that scripture all my life, and as I was preparing this lesson, it says, He makes, makes me lie down in green pastures. So, have a tendency sometimes as the sheep, as the flock, first of all, understanding that we are the sheep of the flock, that sometimes he has to make us. How many times did your parents have to make you do something? Go make your bed. I don't want to. Okay, if you don't make your bed, you're going to get grounded from this, 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 and this. Or had a different discussion, maybe at the end of a paddle or something like that, that took place on the defiance of a child. But, you know, it's like nobody's going to make me is the attitude I want to stand up and bow up and say nobody's going to make me do anything. Why do we not allow our great shepherd, Jesus Christ, to make us lie down in green pastures. It indicates the fact that we've got to have that guidance to lie down in green pastures. And you say, why would I not want to lie down in green pastures? Well, the decisions that we make clearly, clearly take us to a place sometimes that we shouldn't be. They take us to places that we don't want to be. And you say, well, I'm a sheep in the pasture and I see the green, the green grass and and I, I'm just grazing, I'm just minding my own business, I'm doing my own thing, I don't need anybody else to make me do anything. But you know what happens is sometimes we get a little bit closer to sheep, that green grass gets us closer to the edge, and guess what? Those wolves, as we'll talk about, those wolves can draw us away, can nab us even when we're just taken there. He makes us to lie down. So we need to understand that we as sheep need to have that guidance and need to have Jesus our great shepherd. He leads us beside the still waters. That calmness that we should have and when you don't have that calmness it doesn't mean just because you read the scripture and it doesn't mean just because you might have some turmoil and some strife in your life right now that you're not doing the right things and I don't want to indicate that at all this morning but the fact that the people that we have to lean on can help us through some of those things. Do we understand the passage in Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23 that says, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not a man who walks to direct his own steps. O Lord, correct me, with, but with justice, not in your anger, lest you bring me to nothing. You know, the scripture talks about parents, fathers specifically, not provoking your children unto wrath. And I think about this scripture here, you know, when we're asking for the help and, and, and the correction maybe in our lives, in, in the old laws, specifically asking God for this direction that we, should, we don't know how to direct our steps. And if we truly examine ourselves, if we're really honest with ourselves, in so many ways we can see how we don't know how to direct our steps and that we need that guidance. But it says, not in your anger, lest you bring me to nothing. You know, we didn't want our parents and we didn't want our children to turn us away or rebel against us. And certainly the chastisement that we might get, the admonition that we might get from time to time from individuals or from the specifically from the eldership or as the scriptures convict us in our hearts as we read them, we need to make sure that it's there for our own good because we are the sheep and we need the wisdom that the scriptures provide for us and that wisdom comes first of all through submitting to the shepherd. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 25, we are all like sheep going astray and have now returned to the shepherd and the overseers of your souls. We need 
that guidance. And we need to submit and we need to keep that dependence on our great shepherd. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 17. It says, Obey those who rule over you and, and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as they who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not grief, for that would be unprofitable to you. And we're talking specifically here about the eldership and those that are overseeing you, but also a fact that Jesus Christ is the great shepherd that is over those elders that are appointed in each, in each congregation too. But as we look at verse 17 specifically, let them do so with joy. And we as sheep need to be able to make sure that we give them a little bit of joy from time to time in the eldership to make sure that the things that they're asking us to do that we follow and conform. And as the verse says right there in 17, be submissive. And in verse 20, it says, now, that, now may the God of peace who brought you up, our Lord Jesus, from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you that is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to, the, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Our great shepherd Jesus has left us the guidance that we need so that we don't have to be afraid of what's going to happen when this life ends, so that the trials that come to us in this life, we know how to, how to go up against them. And we have the shepherds that are going to help us guide it. Do we do his will, and do we trust Jesus to be our great shepherd? John chapter 10 and verse 7 says, Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one that does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I'm known by my own. And the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. You know, as we talk about submission and as we talk about the guidance and dependence we need to have on others, first of all, that submission needs to come through the knowledge and the wisdom that has been given to us. But we need to understand that Christ himself submitted to the will of his Father. When he was with his parents, he said, Wish you not be, that I should be about my father's business? He was doing the will of his father. When he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, If there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. He said, Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. That submission comes with yielding our wills and taking those steps to understand he is the good shepherd. And also the other part of this that we've read in John chapter 10 is that he's just trying to protect us from those that are out there. The hireling it talks about, the, that person, the mercenary, whatever you want to call them, that comes in and says, well, I've been paid to watch these sheep, but, but, but here's the deal. They're not mine. I don't own them. So here comes the wolf. And I'm like, I'm going to get out of harm's way. 
and I don't care about these sheep. That is not our great shepherd, Jesus Christ. He cares about every one of his sheep. He cares about you that are in the fold today. He cares about you that are in the flock today, and he cares about those that are outside the flock that are wandering out there in the world and wants them all to come to the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ himself so that they too can be a part of that flock. We've got to understand our place in submission. We've got to understand to be a part that, as it says here, I know my sheep and am known by my own. And how can we get to know Jesus but through the scriptures and through the things that are given to us through the guidance of our eldership? Look at John chapter 14 and verse 6 where it tells where Jesus tells Thomas and his, possible, and his apostles as, during this time, he says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Very popular verse, probably memory verse for most of us that do the memory verses, but it's something that without Jesus, without our great shepherd, there's no way to the Father. So the, his will, submission to God, Jesus' will submitting to God, is the same way that we need to submit to Jesus. And Jesus left the plan for us. And he confirms this in the inspired word of God. You know, when he was in his ministry, understanding that he had a job to do to give his life, to give that blood so that we might have eternal life. And he's talking to his disciples here, but he's also talking to us as we read in Matthew chapter 9. Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Now he had a job to do. He came on the earth. He knew what his job was to do. He knew what the will of God the Father was in them. He was moved with compassion when he saw the multitudes. Why is that? Because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he told the disciples, said to his disciples, the harvest is truly is plentiful and laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Talking to the disciples at the time specifically, but talking to us in that there are, that the people out there need a shepherd, that they need Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life to be able to come to him. First Peter chapter 5 and 1 in verse 5, 1 Peter 5, beginning in verse 1, excuse me, it's talking specifically about the plan that he left for us to be able to follow in the format that we have. The elders who are among you, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you shall receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive one to another, and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. We've had a lot of lessons that talk about pride, and us letting ourselves go. And, and part of that is contained certainly in my message this morning is that we've got to be humble. We've got to resist that proudness to, in order to allow that dependency that we should have, not only from great shepherd, our, 
Jesus in the word of God that has been given to us, but also in the elders that have been given to us. And as we talk about submitting ourselves to that eldership, as we talk about submitting ourselves to that, we have to first say we own our, that, that Jesus owns us, that we are Jesus' own in his kingdom. And secondly, that we trust the format that he has set for us in the eldership to have them lead the flock that is, about us, that, that is with us. You know, we have many examples of the, the apostles establishing elderships, but before we leave this verse, I want to notice that it says, yes, submit yourself to your elders, but it also says submit to one another. And I don't want to lose the sight of the fact that we have each other that we can lean upon and that we need to work together as the flock, as sheep together, not seeing who can be, eat the greenest grass and eat the most of it, but who's going to be able to help each other to make sure that we all stay in the pasture together safe from those that would try to harm us. Acts chapter 14 and verse 21 says, And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying, We must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. And it says, So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they believed. And that they had passed through the and that they had passed through Pisidia, and they came to Pamphylia. Now, when they were, had preached the word at Perga, they went down to Atasia, Atalia, excuse me, from where they had sailed to Antioch, when they had been commended to the grace of God for the work which they had completed. An example here that we have of elders being established to take care of the flock and in independent, autonomous congregations. That we as the flock, as we choose to, to submit to the eldership, as we choose to have the membership in the assemblies that we have in the church at Northwest Church of Christ, has to happen in those individual congregations that are out there too. And the one maybe we're most familiar with is, is the one at Amarillo that has their own shepherds that lead that flock and that follow the scriptures and do what they say here. And it, it's the example of saying we are going to appoint elders in every one of these positions. So he gave us instructions also on what the qualification should be of the elders. Titus 1, chapter 5, and this isn't the only place, but it says, For this reason I leave you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. If a man be blameless, the husband of one wife having faithful children not accused of dissipation or insubordination. For a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of that which is good, sober-minded, sober minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convict those who contradict. And it goes on to say, with all those qualifications, why we need that eldership. For there are many insubordinate but idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert, subvert whole households teaching things which ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. One of them, a prophet of their own, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. So to protect us, that leadership and those shepherds have been in, put in place to protect you and the flock, to protect me and the flock. 
those wolves, those people that would come and it says subvert whole households to lead us away from what we are taught in the scriptures to do. And that's part of what the elders do for us. Acts chapter 20, verse 20, it says, Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among, the Holy, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my department, savage wolves will come in among you, and spare, not sparing the flock. Also from among you, among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember for, the, for, the, for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. These men that have been set in place over us as shepherds of the flock have been vetted. And what that means basically is they've gone through, are they qualified to lead the flock? Do they have those qualifications that we have read about this morning? And understanding they're not a hireling. They're not somebody when the wolves come that they're going to flee and leave it saying they're not my own. I promise you the eldership here owns the flock here and understands that they are in charge of and what their responsibilities are for us. They take, think, take care of things all the time, keeping the wolves away from us biblically and confidentially, discreetly. I promise you in the things that you bring to them and maybe the things we see from time to time that there are things that happen behind the scenes that we have no idea. And when I talk about taking things for granted as we're grazing in the green pastures and standing beside the still waters, we've got to understand that from time to time there are those that aren't. And there are those that are needing help and that doesn't make them bad people or evil people because they need help and we don't need help with the sheep, but they're trying to keep all the sheep in the pasture on the straight and narrow path to make sure that they can have that hope of eternal life. Do we allow them to lead as Christ led the apostles? Do we allow our elders to do what they've been commissioned to do, what they willingly have been placed to do after being vetted and ordained as elders? Do we understand that they are the overseers, as it tells us in multiple places, overseers of our souls? Do we understand that submission that we should have to that eldership? We talked about the fact that, that we should work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, but they're here as a guide to make sure that we don't get ravaged by the wolves. And they're to help us stay in those green pastures. Scripture tells us in 1 Timothy 5 and verse 17, it says, Let the elders who rule be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in word and doctrine. If we truly admit that we are sheep, if we truly submit to that eldership, if we truly say, I don't need my independence, I need my dependency to fall and lean on one another, but especially to my great shepherd, Jesus Christ, and the word that he's left for us, and then the eldership that has been established to help keep us on the straight and narrow path. If we do that, then we will stay in those green pastures and we will be able to fulfill the rest of our responsibilities to spread and teach the word and let our light shine to those around about us as we go about doing that. Do we allow, do I allow the elders to do that? Do I take them for granted? 
To say I'd never take an elder for granted would probably be a stretch, but sometimes I think we need to, to re-examine and say, you know, there are so many things that those individuals do, and I'm not trying to lift the eldership up onto a pedestal that they should not be. So don't even think that these men don't have lives and don't have issues that they have to take care of among themselves too. But at the same time, the scriptures give us guidance as far as how they should oversee and what they should do. What do elders do for you? And I, I guarantee you this couldn't be an exhaustive list, but the scriptures talk about they pray for you, and we see that often as, as those come forward collectively. But I guarantee you, not just as a congregation, when somebody comes forward, I guarantee you they are taking care of praying for the flock at all times, whether that's specifically to individuals or whether that's collectively, and I'm sure they do both at all times. And we also need to be praying for them in what kind of, uh, what kind of things that they go through that they are able to continue to lead the way they need to. They keep assemblies in a, with a scriptural format. And you might say, well, that's, that's pretty easy to do. Well, if you look at the world and how many congregations there are maybe meeting this morning, is it an easy thing to do? There is a reason why... to begin with they talked about did my mic go out sorry I'll stay behind the mic they, they talked about the scriptures scriptural backing for not only how we spend our money and the funds are used but in in their role as far as leading the congregation to be able to do what they're doing they set up opportunities for fellowship do we as sheep take advantage of those opportunities you say Mike well we can't be at everything I get that there's life that happens, that happens, but there's opportunities they set up for us. They encourage and set up growth opportunities inside and outside the assembly, you know, in order for the teaching to encourage Bible studies, not that there's a dictatorial uh, Bible study set up any, but that certainly the encouragement is there. They counsel you as need needed. They gently chasten you when needed. And some of you may say, well, there's been some time where it hadn't been too gentle. Well, that's probably because it was warranted to not be too gentle when they chastened you, perhaps, as a sheep to make sure that you stay in those green pastures. They allow for the gospel meetings that we have that builds us up. You know, they don't just say, well, this is tradition. We're just going to have these meetings in the spring and the summer and the fall because uh, that's just what we do here. They do it because we need that as the flock. We need to be edified and built up. And, and, and anybody who's been through those meetings, once you go through them, if you haven't been a little bit strengthened, your light's shining a little bit brighter because you went to them, you may not have the right attitude when you come into this building. It's important that we understand they set up those opportunities. Set up opportunities for community outreach. They set up opportunities for interactions with sister congregations. And, and I know we have multiples that aren't directed by the elders to do it, but they allow, our congregation allows for those to be able to help teach in those smaller congregations that maybe don't have elderships established yet that are working toward that to help support them along those ways. Overseers of the treasure to maximize the use and fight off the wolves. There's not a particular order as far as importance to what the elders do for us. But have you seen the wolves? And you say, well, you know, since I've been here, I really haven't seen the wolves. Don't you think that's because they're fending them off? 
Don't you think that's because they're coming to try to get into the green pastures, perhaps pluck one of you out of here, and they head that off? You know, some of you say, well, I have seen the wolves, and uh, hopefully those that have seen the wolves have gone to the elders and said, I need help with this, and I'm sure there are those that, that, that have seen those, but they do their best to keep the wolves at bay, to keep those wolves away from us in whatever aspect of the scriptural uh, of scriptural worship that we should have as well as living our lives offer us multiple worship assemblies you know growing up i always heard the argument of there's nothing in the scriptures that said we need to attend three times a week and you won't find that but if the elders of our congregation feel like me as a sheep need a midweek service on wednesday why am i not there if the elders feel like we need to be here sunday morning and sunday night because that's what we need as a flock to help us stay on the straight and narrow, to be built up. Why am I not there? And I would argue it is in the scriptures based on what they're asking us to do and leading us in those pastures and green pastures. They visit our homes. Are you welcome in there? Are, are, are they welcome in your home? And I hope they are. I hope we can all say that, but I know that they visit in the homes. They provide leadership direction for deacons. They make sure we do not add or take away from the scriptures. And that, one, that one's huge because of all the wolves that are at bay out there with false doctrines that maybe me as a sheep don't recognize as a false doctrine. Think, well, it'd be pretty neat to have a piano sitting over here on the stage because I really like listening to Christian contemporary and it would be neat to sing some of these songs and have a band. I believe the scriptures tell us otherwise, and our elders stand to that, to follow that, to make sure that we don't add or take away from the scriptures as it tells us in Revelations. They help us use our best judgment. They help us through difficult times. You think about COVID and what the eldership had to do during COVID and decisions they had to make, and I think maybe primary reason we have Zoom today for those who are shut in and not able to get out. They had a lot of decisions to make during that time and I think did a very good job doing that. Family tragedies, deaths, family issues, anything that we could ask of them. Elders ensure the shut-ins are cared for. They ensure to harbor a safe environment for us inside and outside the building to make sure that we are safe as a flock. And the list could go on and on. We are prone to stray, we are prone to lose our way. We need to realize that we are sheep and that we need to lean on the elders to help save not only our souls, but those that are around us. You know, Bill prayed in his prayer today that, that, that we would follow Jesus' example and that elders that serve us would follow their example. I pray in my prayers quite often collectively that that we would support those elders, that we would make their jobs as easy as possible. And you know, from time to time, when you can't make those elders' job as easy as possible, that's okay too, because that's what they're there for and are willingly taken on that role to help us. Do we allow them to do what they're supposed to do? They were ordained and to do the bidding that has been given to us and as it was given to Simon Peter in John chapter 21 and verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, and, and kind of referred to this as breakfast with Jesus, but after they got off the Sea of Galilee, they had breakfast. And after they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of, of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to them, feed my lambs. 
He said again to him the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. As Jesus looks into our heart, does he know us as his sheep? Are we recognized as a sheep? Are we walking in righteousness and letting our light shine? And if we are, are we allowing the elders to feed his sheep that has been given to us? Are we allowing them to do their job? John chapter 10, verse 1 through 5. Most assuredly, I say unto you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him that do not know the voice of the strangers. Do we follow that and allow each of the elders to know us, to know our names, to be able to lead us in the way and take the chastening when we need the chastening or the admonition or those things we do and understand that the job they have in caring for the flock, caring for the Northwest Church of Christ and those outreaches that go beyond these borders here, do we support them the way that they need to be supported? And when he says, feed my sheep, are we a part of that? Are we helping one another as we go through our life. You know, we looked at the picture and talked about Jesus leading us and that single sheep that's in that, in that picture. If you're not of the fold today, if you're not added to the kingdom through baptism, and we haven't talked specifically on what it takes to be added to that kingdom, to become a part of that flock, and I'm sure there are those here today who haven't been added to that flock, and need to be added to that and need to submit to the eldership and allow the eldership to help you with your spiritual life. But most of all, that we submit to what our great shepherd did for us by dying on the cross because Jesus is tenderly calling today. If there be one here this morning who has a need of the church, if there be one here who is straight away, has gotten out and let the wolves pull them away, and are in peril and needs the help or the prayers of one of those elders this morning, We'd ask you to come forward this morning as we stand and sing the song that's been selected.